Welcome to the We Are Money podcast brought to you by Beasley Mitchell and Company. I am Brad Beasley, and thank you all for joining us today. we got an exciting program here set up with you. Uh, David, it's nice to have you in studio. Thanks. It's nice to be in studio. That's good. That's good. I know that you just got done uh, with tax season, so um, you know, you're looking a little uh, relieved and refreshed after the April 15th deadline. Yes, and, and I'll feel much better once everything's been confirmed that it's filed. Right, because we always go through this three-day window of stuff gets sent in, and now we're waiting for stuff to come back, and it's just this whole thing, right? Yep, and then you just wait for any notices to come back. <laughs> right, you know, so that's that's what we have to do, dealing with notices and dealing with those kind of things. Well, we're going to deal with a little bit of a shifting gears today. We have uh, in with us today is Mario Mocha, who's the Director of Athletics for New Mexico State University and widely regarded, uh, at least in our studio, as one of the best athletic directors in the country. And so, Mario, we're certainly happy to have you in today. Brad, I appreciate it. Now, there's three other people in the studio, so I don't know if that's a it's a big sample size of how good I am in the industry, but thanks for the compliment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of all the athletic directors we know, I mean, you're definitely one of them. That's nice. That's yes. very nice. And I will say, as a client mm-hmm. and customer of Beasley Mitchell, I've never been audited, always get a nice return. I like that. So, yeah, it, 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 uh, things are going well. Yeah, see, a lot of people, when April 15th hits, they, get it, they, they say, oh, well, you're done with this year's tax season. We actually go, whew, that's another year that fell off a statute from three years ago that the IRS can't touch. So See, that's uh, yeah. that's what I figure. Like April 16th, you guys are, you know, on a beach somewhere. But no, you're in the studio here. We are, you know, and that's, and that's you know, we cause it's because we feel that our listeners need, you know, they just need to hear our voices. And quite honestly, the, you know, that's, that's just what we have to do. Yeah, I mean, you got you got to serve the you got to give the people what they want, right? And the beach will come later. <laughs> yes. It's comforting that my tax man and my attorney are just are very he, are here at my beck and call twenty four seven, always, yes, always, always, and we're available on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. So <laughs> <laughs> now you're a big Twitter guy. I follow you on Twitter. You, you know, how did you kind of make that conscious decision to to go on Twitter? Because you're a great follow. I love following what you you post. Well, you know, um, obviously you had Facebook and Instagram, Snapchat, you know, Periscope, all these things that were coming out. And Twitter, you know, it started out where I I followed some other athletic directors. And then Mm -hmm. pretty soon I figured out, hey, that's a really great medium to get the department's message out. You know, not just, hey, we won or we lost, but, hey, here's a highlight that you might want to tell your buddies around the water cooler at work. Or, hey, these Mm -hmm. are the upcoming events. So, um, you know, it's it's free. And it's, it's, it's media that you can't buy. I mean, you know, obviously the traditional newspapers are maybe going a little bit by the wayside. You're always worried about, you know, radio and TV, the cost versus the right. ears and eyes on it. And Twitter is something that, you know, you have over 5,000 followers, but when it gets retweeted, it can be seen by, you know, you name it. So it's a, it's an unbelievably inexpensive, uh, quick way to communicate uh, with your fan base and with um, maybe just not so, maybe uh, the casual fan as well. And what I like about it is that, you know, you retweet a lot of interesting things, obviously supporting New Mexico State Athletics, but even it gets into like, uh, you know, I follow them too, Mid-Major Madness, where they talk about, really talk about this non-power five. So you've got the big boys and you've got a, got where a lot of schools are. New Mexico State is one of them, fits in that mid-major, you know, below the LSUs, the Alabamas, the Texases that have this just ungodly amounts of money. And, you know, since we're a money show, that's really where the crux of a lot of what's going on with the NCAA now is, right? It's kind of like the haves and then the, well, we kind of have a lot of money, but we can't quite get to Texas money. Sure. And as we all remember, you know, all the schools in Division One, or or at least in the FBS, the 130 football playing Division One schools used to be all lumped in together. Right. And then I think when the salaries started to get ridiculous, seven, eight million dollars annually for Nick Saban, Mike Krzyzewski, 
um, the national media said, hey, the athletes aren't really getting anything. Now they're getting a tremendous education and, and a lot of other stuff, but in comparison to those huge salaries. Right. So, um, you know, the, the, the powers that be, the Power Five conferences um, said, hey, we want to have more autonomy with things. You know, we don't want to, because right now, you know, those schools were part of the 351 division schools when it came time to vote. So the little guys could outvote the big guys, and the big guys didn't like it. So they said, hey, um, we're going to break off maybe completely, or we want more autonomy. Mm -hmm. So several years ago, they got together, and now we have the autonomous five conferences, right? So you have the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the Big 12, ACC, and and the SEC. Mm -hmm. And then there's the group of five, right? The Mountain West, uh, Sunbelt, American who else am I missing here? Conference USA, and uh, we're missing one more. But that has been the dichotomy. So you really do have the haves and have-nots. And when you see a school like Nevada basketball, they're playing, they're paying their coach Eric Musselman, you know, a million dollars annually. So they were paying six hundred fifty thousand from their budget, and they raised another three fifty from donors for a million dollar guaranteed package. And that coach gets an offer from Arkansas for like three point five million. It's not even in the same ballpark. Right. So it is definitely the haves and have nots. And and the question is how long is that sustainable? Well, and I think that like anything else, it's gonna keep evolving. And I guess, you know, part of your job, I think, right, is to just survey that landscape and make sure that you figure out where the next move has to be because it's gonna go quick, right? There's no doubt. And I think, you know, when you a lot of people think about hiring and coaches and things like that, I think you have no have an understanding that when the offer comes, you know, now we're talking about life changing money. Even the lowest of the of the autonomous five or the power five, whatever you want to call them, is offering monies that are not available to us. So if you have something good, hey, enjoy it while you get it. Make it as comfortable for the coach mm-hmm. um while you have them here, but realize that um most probably it's not a forever thing like like the big guys. So then how do you make, you know, it, we, we live in the world of return on assets, return on equity, right? Return on investment. When, when you are looking at hiring coaches or just making capital improvements, um, how do you kind of make that call of the return on investment? Because like I look at like Florida Atlantic, you know, their football, very depressed football league, cool you know it's in florida right but then they made an investment they went and got lane kiffin at a million five well that's turned out a that was a great return on investment because then they get a lot of notoriety because he's kind of a damaged goods guy but still is good but then you know they win sure i mean so you know it's kind of like you're you're literally making an investment like we would in a business to say hopefully you get a good return there's no doubt and i think a lot of the the group of five schools it also is kind of like campus driven because a lot of a lot of our folks, look, we take uh, monies from different sources. You know, we get monies, which is a little unique in New Mexico, directly from the state, mm-hmm. right, to our athletic department, same as the other schools in the state. We get some student fee money, but we also get a money directly uh, from the institution itself. So really, then it becomes how much does the institution believe that the athletic program is a driver to the general public and the outside world? And mm-hmm. is it worth saying, hey, look, we're going to increase you X amount so you can get a Lane Kiffin or a Chris Jans or you name it, because this is putting our not just our athletic program uh, in the national spotlight, but it's allowing us as an institution to have this platform across the country um, to get our message out to um, uh, to recruit more um, potential students to come to New Mexico State. I mean, I just saw I read something um, where Texas Tech had an 80 percent 
or an 800%, something ridiculous yeah. jump in, in uh, applicants on the day of the national championship game. So right. it obviously is uh, impactful to the bottom line for the institution, not just the athletic department. And I remember when I was doing a lot of the stuff uh, for you and, and, you know, the previous chancellor was talking about the use of athletics as advertising. I mean, cause that's really kind of what athletics has almost turned into is an advertising to draw, draw more students in Boise state saw it when they went to the national championship and then all these, you know, UCF with their success. I mean, we're seeing these huge increases just because of people want to be part of winning programs and, and visible winning teams. Um, you know, I mean, I had one of, I was talking to a, one of my clients who was a big Texas tech fan, got a new Maserati and actually changed the leather so that the, the, the stitches would say TT all right. the way around on it. You know I mean? Like <laughs> the, these guys just, they love to be part of winning programs. People do. No, they do. And you know, one of the biggest uh, things that really uh, kind of slapped me in the face was um, when we won the bowl game that month mm -hmm. and also had our run in the diamond head classic when we beat Davidson and, and upset Miami number six in the country and almost beat USC. The institution um, actually hired a media uh, a company to to uh, measure the amount of earned media. Mm -hmm. And um, it was amazing that run. You know, one of the deans said, uh, there was a story, I don't know if you recall, that the university was accepting like jars of peanut butter to pay off your parking ticket that went to the Aggie cupboard, right. you know, the food yep. pantry. Yep. Mm -hmm. And um, somebody said, yeah, that, that got, you know, 100 you know, I don't know, it was a, you know, $90,000 of earned media or what have you. And then some, one of the deans said, well, what about athletics? And it was like quarter of a million dollars in that, you know, two week period of time. So right. it was just off the charts from a national standpoint of all the media that was earned. And that wasn't even television. It was just print media. So um, it just shows you the power of what an athletic department can do. So then the other side of obviously is the student, the student athlete side of this. And, and I'm not a pay the players guy because they, they are, you, you mentioned getting a great uh, education, which is, which is what they're there for. And, you know, I know the value of an education. When I was at UNLV, I was the first one to graduate from the baseball team in six years. Right. Cause they went off and went, people got drafted. Now let's clarify. It didn't take you six years no, to graduate. No, I was no, the first, first. You're, clearly, you're, not, you're not Dr. Beasley. No, I'm not. Clearly it was seven, <laughs> seven I believe yes, is yes, more yes. accurate <laughs> figure. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. I graduated. <laughs> I passed. Right. And so, you know, you know, you've moved on from an athletic career cause you got drafted by the Detroit Tigers. Yes. And um, played in their, in their farm system for a while, you know, but then you've, you moved on to obviously doing these, these kind of things, you know, how, when you talk to a lot of these athletes, that's got to be some of your stuff too is, you know, hey, you guys have these careers that you're going to have to go into. Well, you know, you can't put a price tag on education and, and people, and I get it. Hey, coach is making $8 million and what am I getting this stinking education? Well, yeah, but that's setting you up for the rest of your life. Right. So, you know, while you can put a value on it, hey, this is what tuition costs, it's really setting you up. And you can look at a million different surveys that tell you what college graduates can earn in comparison mm -hmm. to non-college graduates. And that just shows you the importance I think since there is such a difference, and you know, a, a while ago it started at Northwestern with the players maybe wanting to unionize and get paid. Well, then the NCA, and it was really the Autonomous Five that drove this. The Power Five schools said, hey, we want to start paying cost of attendance. That's the name, cost of attendance. Everybody's like, what's that? Well, there is a hard cost at you know, of what a scholarship is worth. When right. I offer a football player, men's basketball player, tennis player, a full scholarship, it's worth X. But then there's that delta between what does a what does it really cost to go to school for that year, right. and that 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 amount that delta is the cost of attendance number. Now, ironically, the um, the it's a federally generated number, so we will have a different cost of attendance number than New Mexico, than Texas State, than so on and so forth. And you can 
pay that student athlete, you can write them a check for that figure annually. Mm-hmm. Well, then it gets to be, wow, who can write the check? And for a long time, um, the Autonomous Five said immediately, hey, we're going to offer full cost of attendance. So every year, you know, a football player at Alabama or Rutgers or whatever can receive anywhere from three to five to $6,000, whatever that cost of attendance number is. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we know that in the group of five, people are doing it. By the way, this is a, 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 a widely held secret. It's never published exactly what they're giving. Um, but I, we know that UNM was doing it. We know that UTEP was doing it a little bit. So this is the first year. Next year will be the first year we get into the uh, cost of attendance game where we will be, right. you know, for a full scholarship, you'll be getting $500 a year, like in the form of me paying you. Mm-hmm. Now, we could offer much more in theory if we had the money because our cost of attendance number annually is probably about 42 to $4,500. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have that kind of money. Right. The other thing is, hey, if I've got a star football player, I can give him $500. The only catch is I have to give a corresponding female athlete the same amount of money. You can't just give it to 85 football players. If you do, you got to find 85 females, and that's what we've done. Right. And you can't just give it to football and leave out basketball, who's won you know, 30 games. So now you've, you're talking a hundred male student athletes and a hundred female student athletes. And pretty soon that ends up to be a six figure investment. Well, so, go ahead. I've always found it difficult that, um, you know, we have the rules, the title nine rules and everything there. We have to be equal with, with men and women. I get that, but it seems like it'd be hard in your job with that, with, with football, that there really is no corresponding female equivalent that takes that many people that, there is, I mean, there's no women's football league to, to go off, offset that. And, and that's what the argument has been a lot about. Hey, can you extract football from the equation and then add up the numbers? That has not been a winning argument out there. So, you know, for, for maybe the lay person, you know, the Title IX has three different prongs. Um, the most stringent prong is that your undergraduate enrollment percentage, male to female, needs to mirror your student-athlete male to female ratio. So we're 53% uh, female to male um, at New Mexico State. We're right around 53% female student athletes to male. A lot of people don't realize we have 10 women's sports on the women's side, 10 sports on the women's side, only six on the men's side. So that's how we get to that number. They usually give you about a three percentage point uh, confidence barrier, they call it. But anything over that, hey, you could be at risk of... um, you know, not being in compliance with Title IX, which is a federal law. Mm-hmm. We're here with Mario Mocha, Director of Athletics for New Mexico State University with us here on the We Are Money podcast with Beasley Mitchell and Company. Switching gears on you to one other uh, thing that's been in the news a lot lately is that whole uh, getting people into school, uh, the pay-to-play thing with the, the full house mom, right, and, and all sorts of stuff. Aunt She's Becky. There. Aunt Becky, yeah. right? And so Aunt Becky, a lot of, they, they were using, they're using coaches. At these lower level non revenue generated right? the rowing team and all sailing stuff, as way to get people in. I mean, sure. it's it's just one of those where I mean, people are going to find out ways to cheat the system and, and go through this whole process. And so you know, it, it's got to be hard on your standpoint to try to say, all right, how do I get out in front of this or say, hey guys, let's not. <laughs> this is not okay to do. Well, it's kind of amazing because there's two things, right? I mean, there's the overt the cheating on the test scores. Right. Um, to to be able to qualify, and then saying, hey, I'm a student athlete. I mean, that obviously has legal implications. I think the latest that's come out um, at UCLA is that they're asking people um, to, hey, can you put this person on the track team, and mom and dad are going to write a, a, you know, a six-figure check to the athletic program. Well, that 
is not necessarily illegal. Now, the school probably has issues with that. But, you know, what I see is people have been donating buildings and, and you know, alums where they have legacies and things like that. Uh, obviously, New Mexico State uh, is not the institution as much as those, the UCLA's, the Yale's, things like that. So those are, you know, first world problems right. uh, for those folks. But at the same time, yeah, it's a hot button issue. And I know it's called caused a lot of schools um, to really review the process of how is that athlete getting in, especially in a sport that maybe you can kind of hide somebody in sailing and right. rowing. They have ro- teams of 50 and, and, you know, there's not a whole lot of people at the athletic competitions. Nobody's really looking at the website. I think uh, obviously the, um, the perpetrators for lack of a better word, found a little soft spot there and they certainly took advantage of it. When I, I remember even when I was playing, there was a couple guys in our teams that were like, huh? how, how are you? How are you here? Is you're not a terrible baseball player, but well, you're not. You're not. You're, there's certainly a lot of guys that we cut that that are better than you, you. right? <laughs> oh, daddy's that okay? Oh. Yep. Okay. And, and you know that's been, and going, that's been on. going on forever. I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, uh, maybe the, the 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 difference is: Do you have any business being on the field? Maybe if it's close, right? Uh, and dad wants to support the program. Hey, that's the nudge. Uh, that works out, or have you never picked up a you know the the left hand the left handed football bat as we say and uh, <laughs> the keys to the batter's box yeah right? exactly the, the box of curveballs <laughs> all those yeah. good ones so yeah that's always uh, that's always interesting my favorite still of this whole process has been when Dr Dre posted that he's so proud of his daughter to get into USC and then immediately they say well yeah two years ago you made a seventy million dollar donation to I'm, USC I'm assuming that didn't hurt her no. prospects yes if so, I had to take a guess I'm 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 guessing too I'm I'm guessing that when when we had the uh, Mario Mocha School of uh, Athletic uh, Directing at New Mexico State, that um, you know your, your daughters may, you know, that's you know. right. I'm going to sit on them, do their homework, so they yeah. can get yeah. in legitimately. Make sure they can get in legitimately. What exactly. I've taken from this is that we need to be having a New Mexico rowing team to get down the Rio Grande. Uh, you know what? I, hey, if nobody <laughs> comes out to call us on it, you know, when it's dry as a bone, yeah, we don't go very far. But yeah. you can have rowing or sailing. I'll yeah. let you guys decide what sport you want yeah. to start. Awesome. I like that. We'll do that. We'll sponsor good, good, that. Good. The, the We Are Money sailing team. Yes, uh, at New Mexico State. So I like that. Well, Mario, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to jump into our few other topics, and so hopefully you can stay with us and kind of have fun with some of our silliness going forward. Love to. Time for If Brad Ruled the World. All right, so now we're to Brad's favorite segment, and we're going to bring on here our producer, Natalie. Hello. How are you doing, Natalie? Doing well. How are you? Doing all right. So, Brad, are you ready for your questions, If Brad Ruled the World? I am. All right, so Brad, I'll be asking you five questions regarding your choices in ruling the world. So question number one. The state of New York gave its first CPA exam in 1896. For your world, you must pass an exam in order to be granted access to all the fine things Brad's world has to offer. What would your first exam question be? My first exam question? I'm glad that you went that way because I was going to ask you what do you, what would you need to exam for to be able to do in Brad's world, and that's a whole that's a whole topic for a whole nother day. Uh, my first question. Oh, okay. What question would I ask if, if I had only one question to gain access? Are you a jerk? We'll go with that one. Are you a jerk? Because that's an easy question. You know, yes or no. Are you a nice person or not? That's based on that book by, and I'm not trying to be vulgar, but there's the book that the Harvard business professor wrote called the no asshole rule. It says, Hey, 
those people that are jerks cause more problems than the people who are nice that aren't underperformers. So kind of interesting. What do you think, Dave? I would probably go with the 400 point question on the SAT. What is your name? What is your name? <laughs> nice. That's a good one. If you can't answer that, you, if you can't answer know. that or if you get that wrong, then yeah. Mario, you got a, a favorite question? You know, it, it reminds me of the movie Old School when Roddy Dangerfield had to pass the test and the economics professor wanted to nail him and said, in 27 parts, can you please explain this? So I'll have to, I'll have to do some stuff, but I, I was going to go with the easier what is your name <laughs> thing, but I, I do like the metaphysical are you a good person or are not. Are you a good so, person? Yeah. Yeah. My, yes. my favorite part from that movie, by the way, is when he hands in the paper and goes, hmm, little light, feels like a C, make it in there. <laughs> <laughs> I like, my, my, mine on that one is when he, when he asked her out on a date, she goes, I can't, I have class. He goes, why don't you call me later when you have no class? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is always good. All right, Natalie, go ahead. All right, question number two. Many believe the term bean counter used to describe a nitpicky accountant dates back centuries. In fact, it's only been used since the 1970s. If you could give accountants an official nickname, what would it be? Wow, these are great questions, Natalie. So bean counter, I didn't know that bean counter was from the 70s, so that had to be some derogatory term they were trying to make fun of accountants, I guess. What nickname could we give um, 10 Key Ninjas? That is really good. I like that. 10 Key Ninjas. It. I like that one. I like that. You know, David? I mean, like the Abacus Avengers or something like that? <laughs> uh, mine would definitely be the men or women, depending on who's doing it. Um, who determine if I vacation or not. Okay. <laughs> Your vacation may or may not start here. That is correct. That's our new slogan. I like that. Awesome. All right, Natalie. Awesome. All right. Question number three. The people of the world are complaining that there are too many media outlets and you must save only one of the following. Social media, print media, television media, or radio. Which media outlet are you saving and why? Wow. That's hard. So print media, I don't know. I mean, we'll face it. Print media is kind of going the way of the dodo bird. There's a lot of it is just moved into social media. So print media, that one can go away. Um, plus, who likes to read books? Um, just have have audible.com have somebody read it to you. Wait for the movie to come out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think social media, you know, the way it's being currently used is, is really difficult. I, I would love to get rid of certain aspects of social media. Um I like the informative news piece of social media, but I don't want to see about people's breakfast and lunch and all those kind of things. So I, I would honestly go social media. That's me. I, I would keep radio, at least for the media, for the reason being is that you get focused on the information and not captivated by the picture. On so there. you're just so. mad because you're not attractive. I'm exactly. Yes. <laughs> I am so mad there, and so should you, because we look a lot alike. Yes. <laughs> the face made for radio. Face made for right. radio, and hello, a body, and a body made YouTube. for it, too. So. Yes, and so hello to the YouTube people. I've seen our videos on YouTube, and I'm trying to understand why Natalie doesn't put a thin filter on us. Can uh, we do that? Yeah, I, I hope do that. I wish we could. You know, uh, I'm going to chime in. in on this. So I, I agree with you. Newspapers are kind of going by the wayside. Then you got TV and radio, probably a little left, right. I'll stay away from politics. Mm -hmm. I'll do social media, because that's like... A full banquet. You can have your meal. You can have your dessert. You know, if you want to go to the fair and gorge on junk food and maybe throw a plate, or you can. Everything is on social media, so I think you can get everything there. I like that. The cat videos. Yeah, that's right. Got to have your cat videos. Have your cat videos. Karen things. My like Karen, yeah, I was, I've been infatuated by these <laughs> these Karen memes, which is all about like the angry mother or the angry ex spouse. Like they're just really funny. Like you know, okay, whatever, Karen. You know, it's the memes. I love it. All right. So question number four. 
The scientists of your world have discovered the technology to domesticate any wild animal of your choosing. If you could pick one wild animal that would be added to the domesticated animal list, what animal would it be and why? Domesticated animal, what would it be and why? Hmm. I don't know. The idea of just petting a domesticated koala would be kind of neat. It would just, you know, be nice and soft, right? That's the wow. soft side. Um, you know, I, I don't know. A koala would be kind of fun to domesticate. Yeah, I mean, you could go with the tiger, but you see what happens with those. When, even if you do domesticate them, you don't want to. I mean, I don't really have a desire to have like a domesticated cobra. No, snakes Snakes are, are a big no for me. I don't know. I want to domesticate those. Maybe, maybe you see, I could almost go with like a chimpanzee or something because it'd be kind of like having like a, like a, just like a mini helper mm-hmm. there and you can like train them to do things. You know, when I was little, I thought David was a mini chimpanzee, but you know, turns <laughs> out he got, got a personality. We've got yeah. a touchy feely guy with a koala. We'll, we'll Michael Jackson-esque with the, with, with Bonzo yeah. the monkey. Yeah. I, yeah. My first thought was tiger. Uh-huh. That'd be pretty cool. Just walking around the mall with a tiger and it's like a cat. Right. But what about an eagle? Yeah, I'm thinking it, an eagle. That'd be kind of sweet. Just kind of hang out. You know, he can go get you stuff and talons. He might, like, go fetch a beer, but, you know, yeah. it's going to poke some holes in it. What, with the, what, with what the... would your eagle's name be? Oof. I'm thinking Walter. I think that's Walter. like a stepbrother's question. Yeah. <laughs> what would your eagle's John name Stimos. be? <laughs> John Stimos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it'd be awesome. The emotional support eagle, you know, that you could take on the plane with you and all those kind of and things. And nobody would mess with you. Yeah. Because those just... things are kind of intimidating. Huh? Yeah. Hey, attack. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Those are all really good answers. I love it. All right. And the final question, question number five, the scientists of your world have also discovered how to eliminate one of our basic needs while still allowing us to survive. So for example, food, water, shelter, sleep, et cetera. So which basic need are you eliminating? God, I could just go with, there's so many, there's so many jokes that you just teed up with all of those basic needs that are already being eliminated. Um, Obviously not food. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously food. I would not eliminate that. Um, okay. Basic need. I would go with the need for speed. No, the basic, (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think honestly, the, uh, what's holding us back in a lot of our exploration of space and the depths is our need to breathe. Like if we could just kind of function without having to breathe, we could explore the ocean. We could go to space. I think it'd make it a lot easier because, you know, we have these great ideas, but the whole like having to sustain life by breathing, you know, that'd be kind of interesting. I don't know. I would, I would kind of go sleep, sleep because it's, you mm-hmm. know, there's so much stuff that I can get done between the hours of like 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. And if I didn't have to sleep, I could just be uninterrupted and actually get it done instead of having to sleep and then and help. So I get so much more done. I'm going to go with that, too, because look, if I'm going to live to, let's say, 80, I, that's like 160. Yes. Instead of 80. That's true. You do, yeah. Well, you yeah. can go with the Talladega Nights, right? Well, given my high income potential and advances modern medicine, there's no reason why I can't live to be 160, 170 <laughs> years old anyways. <laughs> I'm glad we get some pop culture in there, too. Yes. Always, always. Sounds good. Well, I, like I said, that's always my favorite one. Um, and I would be remiss to say that, uh, of course, Brad's World has chili cheese Fritos in it uh, like it does every single time. Yeah, so maybe that's like the third question is, do you like chili cheese Fritos and why? And why, yes. And then that determines whether you get in or not. Sounds good. Now we'll move on to our other segment, which is David's favorite, David's Legal Corner. The information contained on David's Legal Corner is provided as a general public service. The listeners, if any, are advised to check for changes to current law and to consult with an attorney. 
David's Legal Corner does not specialize in sports law, entertainment law, academic law or any such combination of such laws. Therefore, thereunto, thereby, and thereunder, and hereinafter demonstrated, David's Legal Corner has no specialized insight into NCAA rules, NCAA violations, NCAA investigations, including NCAA baseball, NCAA basketball, NCAA hockey, or other NCAA sports, other than NCAA football on PlayStation where under David's Legal Corner is a downright master at creating new and interesting teams such as the Beasley State Fighting Lettuce, who are always getting ahead. For explicatory purpose, the term NCAA shall, for the purpose of this segment, refer only to the National Collegiate Athletic Association, and in no way shall refer to the National Clinical Assessment Authority, the National Civil Aviation Authority, the New College Alumni Association, the NATO Civil Aviation Agency, the National Command Authority Aircraft, the Nigerian Civil Aviation Authority, or the No Clothes at All Association. However, David's legal corner is interested in what that last organization has to bear. <laughs> and by the way, all of those are actual agencies <laughs> no. that, that, that go by the that go by uh, NCAA. It's on the internet. The yes. No Clothes at All Association. The No Clothes at All Association. Oh wow! Yes. <laughs> How many more times will that get Googled immediately after this <laughs> yes. podcast? Yes. So uh, I I don't know. It's um, well, but it's probably like going to those nude beaches, right? Research, you research. Know? Yes. It's like you have your men have their their thoughts in mind when you go to a nude beach of what it's going to be like, and it's never reality comes crashing in hard That's yes. right. and often. Yeah. 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 Hopefully, it's not that hard. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. So, anyways, so what I was going to do since we had Mario in 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 here is. I have a, an article here that is nine of the most absurd NCAA violations in recent memory. So these are things that, um, that uh, you know, we've talked about weird laws and things like that. These are different violations that have been reported with, with NCAA things to do. Um, so the first one that we have here is that um, at um, the University of Oklahoma, three students ate more pasta than they were allowed at an, at an event. So each of them were required to donate $3.83, the cost of that pasta serving, to the to a charity in order to be reinstated. Well, thank goodness they didn't have to regurgitate the pasta. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Maybe they were just impostas. Oh. Uh, sorry. Bad sorry about that. Um, and then there's some here where, um, let's see, this is a recruit. A recruit here accessed Wi-Fi at, while they were um, accessing a... Um, a uh, whether, whether there was a recruit visiting and the recruit accessed the Wi-Fi and the bill came on for the for the uh, the university and the university paid it without realizing that the Wi-Fi was on there and so that was a, a violation death really, penalty death really. penalty yeah that it, no you, it's ridiculous. <laughs> my my favorite though was during the NCAA tournament where they're like hey NCAA we pay for Wi-Fi for our students at them yeah newsflash residence by Marriott gives you free Wi-Fi yeah I so, don't know if that was thought out as well I, yeah that was a different one. Let's see, and and actually, the cost of it was only nine dollars and ninety five cents, and the the recruit was ineligible until repayment was made to a charity of their choice. Oh dear. <laughs> um, and then this is one of my favorite because it relates to to baseball, which is my favorite sport. But um, the um, University of Oregon actually had to re- had to report because they had a um, they had they, the school treated the baseball team to a meal, um, and they also in that meal they allowed them to play mini golf and laser tag. And it was determined that the cost of the laser tag was an impermissible entertainment benefit. That is, um, well, at least you can't get hurt in laser. I don't know. Can you get hurt in laser tag? Well, if you trip over something, That's I, true. I think. But That's true. If you get shot in the eye. With that, I didn't think of that either. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll so, allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a, um, and then let's see, there was one here where the university, now this one's interesting because it's, it's Mississippi State Bulldogs had to self-report here because they, um, 
did not charge their student athletes for their late fees for failing to return in their cap and gown rentals. So the thing I'm most surprised at is how many of them are graduating. Right. Then they that's, get that. That's, that's pretty good. And it also makes a tremendous Halloween costume oh, it's, it's for the year. Great. So, hey, I, yeah. I can, you can see be, why they would come down on that. You can be a judge. You can be yeah. a judge in a different color. I mean, <laughs> well, and these NCA violations, it's just so interesting, Mario, because I mean, I know that it's not uncommon for institutions to self report when it's a, hey, sure. we, you know, we didn't know this was kind of inadvertent kind of stuff. But I mean, this has got to just drive you crazy on a daily basis. Right? Well, I think the general fan and and everybody else, especially with the FBI investigation, sees these uh, almost, I don't want to say incontributable evidence, but there's a lot of hardcore evidence out there. And then you talk about laser tag and pasta and it's like, wait, um, you know, um, we are, we are ignoring, you know, the murder on the street to hand out a jaywalking ticket. Yeah. Well, like I, I was, okay. So my son is completely enamored with New Mexico State Athletics. All the players there, he knows them all, especially football team, basketball team, that we're at, at a sporting goods store and we're getting things for, for baseball. Right behind me are a couple of football players. We know them because we've gone out to the, to the events and they've, they've signed his posters and everything. One of them comes up behind it. He's buying a pack of gum, literally a pack of gum. Hands a, hands a debit card, it gets declined. It's a couple of bucks. I'm sitting there going... I don't, I don't even, no matter who this person is, I would just go ahead and pay for that. I reach in my pocket and go, I can't, I can't do that. That's my, exactly my, right. my, yep. our, our company buys season tickets. I, I can't get this guy $2 just to buy this that I would do for a normal person just, well, just to do that. Even that's crazy. You know, you can have the team over for occasional meals, but even that is scrutinized. What are you serving? How much, you know, and it's like, gee whiz, I mean, you have to you know, report to the NCAA that you're in the grocery store because you're going to have, you know, your position. If you're the offensive line coach, if you're the wide receivers coach, you can have those kids over for a meal um, on occasion. But what are you serving that? I mean, it it, it gets all into the minutiae times 10. And, and uh, as I said, there's a lot of big bad stuff going on. Um, but boy, they still have a lot of uh, rules to catch every single little thing. When uh, I remember when I was playing uh, at the Harvard of Nevada, um, Crap table you. Yeah, crap table you. We had the uh, we had a baseball golf tournament, and so we brought in all these celebrities. We had we had some pretty big name celebrities that had come through on our golf tournament, and so the bright idea that the people that put on the golf tournament said is, well, we'll just have the baseball players caddy, right? And so we slept around the bags for the celebrity as we walked, you know, the eighteen holes or whatever it is. Well, the issue was is at the end of the day, all these guys are tipping caddies because that's right. very customary to do in the golf course. Well, we're all athletes and we're not supposed to get any tips. Now, obviously I was not a very good caddy. Nobody was handing me uh, any money. And it was this big, huge deal uh, that cause some of our guys did take some money. And I mean, I think our, our, the administration there and the coaches handled as best they could. They said, Hey, here's the box, put all the stuff back in the box. And we're just, we're going to buy a sound system for the locker room for right. everybody. And like, you know, this is our way of Mia culpa. They've reported it to the NCAA and everything. But I mean, you know, that was, to me, I get that one, right? That was not good. <laughs> but, you know, some of these other ones, is just crazy. And that's the most difficult thing. Obviously, you're talking about the direct cash pay, you know, things like Wi-Fi, pasta, you got receipts. Um, <laughs> right now, there could be a legion of, of donors around the country giving all these student athletes 20 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever, an envelope. And the school would never know it right. unless it's reported, unless somebody got upset or what have you. So that that's the thing. There's so much that it's so difficult to actually catch right and it's just and i mean like we and we at our firm uh we always have during the summer some type of athlete because that's the only time 
for these student athletes who are in the accounting department. If you're a basketball player and you're an accounting major, you're you're playing during the spring. Right. And so we we hire a couple athletes every year during the summer so they can actually get experience just as a normal uh, accounting you know, intern. Like we would for any major. We would for any 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 major, you know, any accounting major, whatever it is. And so it's it's hard. Um, but you know, some of these, I just feel like it's such a minutia. And that would be the stuff. If I was in your position, that would just drive me. There are some frustrating moments. That's for sure. (laughs) And, and just the last one I had really is not a violation, but more of a rules violation is that, that I didn't know this. And this is the first year I got it because I think Brad pointed out to me because of all the, the guys that can do this on Mexico state's basketball game is that the rule book says you can't do a dunk during the last 20 minutes of a pregame warmup. Otherwise it is a technical foul. Now, how old is that article? Because that one, is true. Yeah, this one is, um, this was in 15. Okay. It's actually quoting the, um, the where the University of North Florida played Tennessee Tech, and North Florida did that, got two free throws, and then ended up, or Tennessee Tech got that and ended up winning by two. Now, they amended that rule. Okay. But I'll tell you, because I was the AD at Southern Illinois, and, um, you know, the game's about to start, and the next thing I know, we're starting the game by them shooting two free throws. I'm like... What happened? They said so-and-so dunked in warm-ups. So, yes, I have experienced that, but they have changed that rule, so now you can dunk in warm-ups. But nice, I remember it used good. to be, like, it was only until the referees walked on the floor. Right. So, like, so there'd be dunking, dunking, right. dunking. It's like the ref, oh, Here hey, they come. Layup. Yeah. You know, and so it's always it's always entertaining. Crazy stuff. stuff yeah. So, Cool. All right, well, David, that's a great Legal Corner segment. And so, Natalie, let's finish up with the best code ever. Binary, the internal revenue code. What will it allow? The best code in that. Right, so here we are with the best code ever. So the rules for this is I will be providing you three sets of four laws. Three of these laws are true and one of the laws is fake. So the aim of the game is to guess which one of these laws is fake. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So set number one, the first question or the first law. In Pacific Grove, California, it is illegal to kill or even threaten a butterfly. Number two. In Florida, it is illegal to fall asleep beneath a hairdryer, even if you are a salon owner. Number three, in Arizona, it is illegal to hunt parakeets. And finally, number four, it is illegal to sell beer at a bar in Nebraska unless there is a kettle of soup on the stove. <laughs> David, you should have. I, I think on that this I one. think that last one because you know I, I you know back at Nebraska law, you know. <laughs> <laughs> They actually didn't cover that in Nebraska law, so I am wow. I'm, I threw that one in for you to see. Yeah, if you really but know or not. but um, that that would not surprise me that that one would be true because they have a couple of weird ones. I'm going with the there. falling asleep in under a hairdryer in Florida is fake. David, which one do you think is fake? I think the one that's fake is the um the parakeet. The only parakeet in yeah, Arizona. I think you can. Mario, uh, Nebraska's got to be fake. I've I've had beers in Nebraska. I don't think there was soup at all those places. There might have been. I'm gonna go with Nebraska. Not every bar has soup. Those are all good answers. And David, you are correct. So it is legal to hunt parakeets in Arizona. However, it is illegal to hunt camel in Arizona. Yes. Because <laughs> all those wild camel those out camels, there. 
<laughs> the, you gotta watch out yes. for him. Feral camels. Yes, it's so. the desert, so yes. you never know. They're going around going, "Hey, what day is it? What hump day? day. Hump day. It is hump day today. <laughs> Maybe having that in Arizona. That's <laughs> no. awesome. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Pardon me. So our second set of laws, number one, in Alabama, it is illegal to wear a wig in church, but only if it causes laughter. Number two. In North Dakota, it is illegal to sell beer and pretzels at the same time in any bar or restaurant. Number three, in Atlanta, Georgia, it is illegal to tie a giraffe to a telephone pole or a street lamp. And finally, number four, in New York, it is illegal to throw a ball at someone's head for fun. All right. Well, I'm 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 pretty sure that uh, it's not illegal to throw a ball at somebody's head for fun in New York City because that's what the Yankees and Mets do. A lot, so that yeah. Roger really Clemens fun. would have been put up for a lot. I, I have to go with the Atlanta. It being illegal to put up a giraffe, tie a giraffe, but I, the South has such weird rules. I'm, I'm going to go with Alabama when I think it's fake. The, the the church wig, the church wig. I'm going with the beer and the pretzels. I'm staying on the beer theme. I like it. I like <laughs> it. Very nice. All right, David, you're on a roll. That is fake. Um, however, it is illegal to wear a fake mustache in a church in Alabama if it causes laughter. Wow. Yes. Not a wig. The, the wig, so just make sure your wig doesn't come down too far. Yeah. <laughs> Once the wig becomes a beard, so, it's illegal. So you can wear a you you can't so you can wear a wig. You can wear you can wear a mustache in Alabama, a fake one, as long as it doesn't make you laugh. In church, yeah. yeah. So the yeah. second someone's laughing, it becomes illegal. Oh my goodness. Okay. Ooh. That's typical Alabama. <laughs> they have the weird ones. All right, set number three. I was going with mustache. <laughs> and number one, in Alaska, it is illegal to be drunk in a bar. Number two, in Arkansas, it is illegal to mispronounce Arkansas. Number three, in Aspen, Colorado, it's illegal to use a catapult. However, it is legal to own one. And number four, in Ohio, it is illegal to get a dog drunk. Everything's calling me to the Alaska that you can't be drunk in a bar, but I bet there's some obscure reason that like you can't be overserved mm-hmm. in a bar. So I'm going to pass on that one. And I'd like to think that I don't know. I'm going to go with the, that. It's it's illegal. It's <clears throat> illegal. Excuse me to uh, uh, mispronounce Arkansas. I'm going to go with Aspen. The catapult in Aspen. Yeah. I, I think you. I think you can use a catapult in Aspen. There, so I mean, I think Harry and Lloyd would have would have used one if they would have had one. Uh, staying with Harry and Lloyd, I'm going to go with Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the fake law is in Ohio, it's illegal to get a dog drunk. Oh, so it's actually illegal to get a fish drunk in Ohio. But, but, but you can get your dog drunk. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Not the fish though. Not, what do you think your dog fish. likes? I mean, do you, you don't even have you do you have, you don't have a dog. I don't do you have, have a dog, dog, Mario. Cat. Cat. Well, if your cat was a beer drinker, what kind of beer do you think your cat would be? Drinking? Probably. I don't. You know that thing. I like hate a... to say this, but that thing kills pack rats and devours them. I've seen it. It's disgusting. Right. So probably, you know, a some sort of Olympian or Ham's beer. Ham's I think beer. something like that. <laughs> yeah. I just don't see like my dog if I ever having being like a Coors Light fan. I just couldn't see that. You know, Pabst Blue Ribbon, yeah. perhaps PBR. Yeah. I get. Shreds. I get one that would just like wine. <laughs> classy dog. <laughs> you have a classy dog. A classy dog. Oh, yes. so your dog's better than all of our yes. dogs. So okay. I have two dogs, and both two are named after beers. So one we call Ipa, which is for IPA. So I okay. assume that he enjoys a nice, fine, hoppy IPA. Hoppy, yeah. And mm-hmm. then I have Guinness, who enjoys Guinness. 
Wow. I can only imagine. I, I mean, I've never fed there. them beer. Yeah. I see what you I'm did glad there. That's not, I'm glad that's not illegal. Otherwise, she'd be admit, admitting to a crime. Admitting to a crime in, in, in the, uh, but only if she was in Ohio. Ohio. So, yeah. well, sounds good. <laughs> well, once again, another fun episode of the We Are Money podcast. We uh, thank Mario Mocha, Director of Athletics from New Mexico State, for joining us in all of our hijinks. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And gee whiz, there's so much more stuff when you when it comes to business and sport. Um, certainly, you know the the donations have changed yep. with the federal government. Uh, you know the, they've also now um, uh, pretty much uh, changed how you sports bet. Yes. It used to be only in the state of Nevada. Now it's all fifty sports. And how does that interact Oof. with the athletes? And uh, if you can go down to your local place and put a bet, does that put you more at risk for? Um, for point shaving, so yeah, there's a lot of more stuff we can talk well, about. I think that when we get that's a whole great episode once we that we'll have to sit down and talk about that one because my favorite one was when they first legalized that you could bet on UNLV, right in Nevada. So I was going to school there and was there at the time, and I had a five team parlay with the last one being the UNLV Wisconsin game that night, and I had uh, UNLV who was like you know plus thirty five or something like that, right. and so I had won all four of those, and I'm sitting on a ticket with UNLV and we're only down seven in the fourth quarter. And I'm like, I got this. I was going to win about seven or 800 bucks on a $5 bet. Then all of a sudden halfway through the fourth, fourth quarter lights go out in the stadium. A truck hit the transformer outside of the stadium and it was done. So under NCAA rules, the game was over, but for betting purposes, the game was not over. And so it just went poof. It was a push. You just go got your money back. Wow. And so it's like, really? Like, that's what we resorted to was a truck hitting a transformer, killing the power to the stadium. See, Dave didn't finish the story. He talked about the pack of gum and our student athletes. Then he said, hey, how's your hamstring? Because there's a game tomorrow. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> he did not say that. Whole that. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Oh, well, like I said, I think we'd love to have you on again, Mario, because there's so much more fun stuff we'd like to talk about. And as we keep going, and uh, like I said, we'd love to have you on again. Thanks for having me. And thanks to Beasley Mitchell for everything they do for New Mexico State Athletics. We are the We Are Money Podcast. David, thank you very much. Thanks, Brad.